Good morning, everybody. Just as we were worshiping there, and we were singing that song, The Reckless Love of God, I think it was the last one that we sung. As we were singing about, there's no shadow that he won't light up, there's no mountain he won't climb up, you know the words. I just saw in my spirit that this is what God wants to do in this nation. You know, we were singing it about ourselves, but what I heard the Lord say is that that's his heart towards the people of this nation. And as we were singing it, I saw those, the houses, I saw the high density townships, and I saw the people that are hurting, uh, the people that are wounded, the people that, whose, whose uh, hopelessness has taken hold of their hearts. And I saw the Lord wanting to reach through, through every single barrier to reach the people of this nation. And uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, I think Ian and Craig started the series uh, probably in November last year, and it's been continuing on this year, specifically moving to talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we're going to see today. God is wanting to do something in this nation, and I have no doubt about it. And oftentimes we just think about it on the level of the economy or on the level of our comforts, but God is wanting to do something that goes further than that. God is wanting to reach people with the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. He's wanting to heal a nation. And that doesn't mean just economically. What he's wanting to do is heal people right deep inside their very hearts. And uh, as his people, every single one of us, God has called us to be a part of an army of people, just like Craig was saying, that have one weapon, and that's the weapon of love, and it's used through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what this whole series that uh, Craig and Ian have been leading us in is all about. It's about us having the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do what we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And so let's just continue with this series. I want to read starting with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. And uh, we're just going to read through that. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were Gentiles, carried to these dumb idols, however you were led, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. There's so much in the, this passage that we've read that we could go into. Today, we're not going to be able to go into too much detail, but I want to 
answer five common questions that we see or that come up often concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So these questions that we're going to look at today are, number one, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Number two, what is the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Number three, why are the gifts of the Holy Spirit important? Number four, are they really for today? And number five, what must we do to have the gifts operating more powerfully and regularly in our lives? So let's start with the first one. We're going to look, first of all, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What are they when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And I've coined a definition that I've put here, and and I believe it's a pretty comprehensive definition. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a collection of nine different supernatural abilities distributed to God's servants. And when I say God's servants, that means every single one of us who belongs to Him by the Holy Spirit momentarily, as and when he wills, to reveal his presence and enable them to serve God's purpose in the earth. All right, so that's the definition of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice there that I said there are nine different supernatural abilities. What we need to realize is when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about something that can be learned. We're not talking about something that people can get from a university or a college These are supernatural gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to his people to empower them to do what they could not do without him. You'll also see that I put a word in there momentarily. And I think that this is often a a big misconception that people have about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is that people have an idea that God gives a gift to somebody, let's say a gift of healing, which is actually not what Paul wrote in the Bible anyway. And they think that because he's got a gift of healing, that he can heal people whenever he wants, at any time he wants. But that's not what the gifts of healing are. You see, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us at a moment. And it's for a specific purpose at that time. And once that gift has achieved that purpose, it's gone. Okay, it's not something that is constantly at work in us that we can turn on and turn off whenever we want to. It's as the Holy Spirit wills. It's when he wants to do it and as he wants to do it. So that's very important for us to understand that the the Holy Spirit lives inside us. And so if he is in us, do you know that at any time, any of these nine supernatural abilities can be released through us? Because all nine of those supernatural abilities are in us. But it is at the control of the Holy Spirit when he, when he decides to release something and what he decides to release. Okay, so that's how the gifts of the Holy Spirit work. Let's, let's move on. What is the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? They enable us to play our God-given role in the body of Christ and be a blessing both to the body of Christ and to the world. So this is an enabling of our God-given role in the body of Christ. I do not believe that any of us can fulfill God's role for our lives without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need His power to do what He's called us to do. And you know, even as a businessman, do you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be used? God can use them to help you in business? 
don't know if you've ever thought about that. Why? Because your role in the body of Christ might be financing the work of God. And so God can give you supernatural abilities that come from the Holy Spirit that enable you to actually chart your way through some stormy weather and some stormy circumstances. And so we need to, be, we need to realize every part of our lives is a part of our role in the body of Christ. And God wants to help us in that. And so this is what the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for. It enables us to be a blessing to the body of Christ, to the world, beyond what we could do through our own natural strengths and abilities. It's a supernatural strength, a supernatural ability that God gives us. Let's go to the next question. Why, the gifts are, the, why are the gifts of the Holy Spirit important? And I'm going to give you four reasons here. The first one, they're important because they are part of God's strategy to accomplish His will on the earth. Do you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been uh, operating in the world from the very beginning of time? You know, sometimes we think it's just a New Testament phenomenon, but it's not. It's actually something that God was releasing to His people and has released to His people throughout time. We see from Scripture that Enoch, he prophesied right at the beginning of time, he prophesied the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see Joseph receiving a gift of the Holy Spirit that enabled him to understand and interpret dreams and actually foretell what was going to happen in Egypt before it ever happened. So what we're seeing there is we're seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been working in God's people to enable them to do His work right from the beginning of time. So this is not something new. In fact, out of all these nine supernatural abilities, there's only two that we do not see in the Old Testament. And those two are tongues and the interpretation of tongues. All the other seven operated continuously and regularly through God's servants in the Old Testament. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are an integral part of God's way of accomplishing His purposes and fulfilling His will on the earth. And isn't it wonderful to, to think that God would incorporate us into that, that He would choose us to be a part of being a, a vessel of, being a, of fulfillment of his purposes in the earth. Let's look at the second reason. They are important because they enable us to be more like Jesus. I don't know whether you've ever thought about that. When you look at the life of the Lord Jesus, you look at his ministry. His ministry was a continual flow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As you read through the Gospels, that's what you will see. You, when you look and read the Gospels and you see the ministry of Jesus, do you realize you are seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit in constant operation through Him? The Bible says that Jesus had the Spirit without measure, and the gifts flowed from Him like a river. They were, they were just unceasing. As disciples of the Lord Jesus, we're called to become more and more like Him. That's the whole purpose of discipleship, is that a disciple would become like his master. And so the Bible says that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, to be made like his son. Do you know that's our destiny? When God looks at us, what does he want to see in us? 
He wants to see the very character, the nature, and the attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he looks at his body, the church, of which we are a part, what does God want to see? He wants to see his son fully formed in us. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are an integral part of us becoming more and more like Jesus. How can we be like him if we're just living in our natural abilities? The world is not going to see Jesus Christ if they're just seeing us operating through natural means. But when they see the Holy Spirit operating through us and the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing from the, the body of Christ, they begin to see Jesus alive on the earth today. All right, so that's the second reason. The third one, why they're important. They are important because they reveal God's presence, power, knowledge, and love to humanity. When the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, people see that God is alive. People realize there is a living God. They sense his presence. People receive an insight into the knowledge that he has. When the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom is an operation, people realize that God knows things that go beyond human comprehension. You see, the gifts of the Holy Spirit show a dying world, a lost world, that God cares for them and that he is present with them. I would like to share a testimony, but I don't think I have enough time. Let me just quickly do it. I was up in Nyanga just over Christmas, and uh, we were staying. We'd rented a little cottage not far from Troutbeck there, and the man who was, who's in charge of the house and looks after the house came in on the second day, and uh, he was limping, and he, was, he just said, ah, my leg is giving me such trouble. And what happened is he had had a back injury which had left him with sciatica. And uh, when he got up from bed in the morning or when he had been sitting for a while, his leg would almost feel like it was dead. And so I said to him, can, can we pray for you? And we prayed for him. And uh, his leg was healed. And what it led to, it led to him realizing that there is really a true God. And then about a few days later, he wanted me to go and pray for his mother who was now 16 kilometers away in a village in Gairesi. And I was a bit reluctant because of the fuel situation, but the Lord said, go. So I went, and we drove down the steep hills, and we got to the village in Gairesi, and his mother was 80 years old, and the people came, and uh, were carrying her on their back. She couldn't walk. And uh, I looked at this, and I thought, I think this might be her home call. Um, I didn't really have any faith to pray for her when I looked at her. So I decided I'm going to just preach the gospel to, the, to everyone that was there. There were about 10 family members that had come with her. So I did that. Then we left, we went, and we drove. They asked me to drive her to a Nyanga hospital. So we, we drove up. I was a bit reluctant because that was another 40 Ks. But the Lord said, go. And as we were going, I, he, he said to me, this is how I want you to pray. I want you to pray that this woman before she dies, because she doesn't have many years left, would experience my love, my power, and know that I'm real. And so I want you to pray for her healing. 
And so I drove down, and as I was driving, I just said to, to, to the man that was looking after the house where we were staying, I said to him, I'm going to pray for your mother again when we get there. So we arrived at the hospital. I climbed on the back seat um, because she was just seated there, and I prayed for her in the name of the Lord Jesus. The next morning, he comes in. We left at the hospital. The next morning, he comes in beaming, and he says, my mom has just phoned me. And you know what she said? She said she is feeling better, she is feeling well, she is feeling strong, and she said, the, and this is what really touched me, she said, I know God is with me. You see, that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit do in people's lives. People are able to realize that God is with them. Hallelujah. Let's look at the fourth. The fourth point, why are the gifts of the Holy Spirit important? They're important because of the power they bring to the witness of the gospel. They're important because of the power they bring to the witness of the gospel. That illustration illustrates this a bit. But if we think about Scripture, what was it that made the ministry of the apostles, the ministry of people like Philip that we read about in the book of Acts, what, what was it that made them so uh, impactful? You know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are so powerful they can change a nation. They're so powerful they can change communities. They can... They can do what we would never do in a hundred years. They can accomplish in moments. They can. We see Philip going into Samaria. And here's a city that is under the power of the devil. Here is a city that is following a sorcerer and calling him the great power of God. Philip comes in there with nothing. He was fleeing from persecution in Jerusalem. He probably only had the clothes that were on his body. And he walks in there. And he begins to preach the gospel. But something else happened. The gifts of the Spirit begin to function. And paralyzed people begin to get up and walk. And cripples begin to walk properly. And demons begin to come out of people. And you know what happens? That whole city was so impacted by the gospel and the message that Philip was bringing to them that they all turned to Christ, including the sorcerer. You see, this is the power that the gifts of the Holy Spirit bring to the witness of Jesus Christ. And that's what we see in the book of Acts with the ministry of the apostles. The Bible says that Peter went down to a place called Lydda. And there was a man who was, uh, had been bedridden for eight years, hadn't got out of bed for eight years. The, uh, the gifts of the Spirit operated. That man got out of his bed and began to walk. And the, the Bible says the whole region, every person in that region of Lydda and Sharon turned to the Lord. That's the power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What about the day of Pentecost? When the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the, the 120 disciples in that upper room in Jerusalem, it resulted in a gift of the Holy Spirit and it resulted in 3,000 people being baptized in one day from one message. That's the power that the gifts of the Holy Spirit bring to the witness of Jesus Christ. We could talk about Paul, who gets shipwrecked. He's a prisoner in chains, and he lands up on an island called Malta, and the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. And he ends up praying for every sick person on that island, and the Bible tells us every sick person was healed on that island. I tell you, that island was never the same again. Because Paul didn't just pray for the sick. He was telling them the word of God. He was preaching the gospel. 
You see, when the gifts of the Spirit operate in our lives, it opens up doors that, would be, that otherwise would remain closed. That's the power of the, of the gifts. So let's move on now. And I'm going to ask the, the, the next question, which is, are the gifts really for today? Okay, now I know that probably most of you in this church know the answer to that, and even from what I've been saying. But I, what I want to do is I want to just show you some pictures of uh, testimonies or people that have been affected by the gifts of the Holy Spirit right here in this nation through my ministry as I've traveled around this nation. And the reason I want to show you this is because I want you to see that God has not changed. Many people have taught that the gifts of the Holy Spirit passed away with the apostles. Well, I don't know how they explain what I'm about to show you because they disprove that. And uh, so let's have a look at these um, different pictures. The first one, we see here, the man in the middle is a 26-year-old man, lives in Nika Growth Point, and in April 2010, we went and did a crusade in that particular growth point. And uh, that crusade, God released the gifts of, of healing in a very, very great way. And uh, this man, um, he would come to me at the end of every meeting, and I don't know why he did it. He was born deaf, so he couldn't talk. He had no ability to talk. And there were so many people coming for prayer. We had a tent, and I was ministering to the people in the tent up until 12, 12.30 every single night because there were hundreds of people coming. And God was working in the tent. People were being healed. Cripples were walking. I mean, it was just an incredible release of the gifts of healing that God gave for that particular time. And uh, he would always wait, and I don't know why, he would wait until I was finished, and I was literally finished. <laughs> and I'd be going to get in my car, and I was, my body was absolutely drained. And he would come up to me and start going, ah, I didn't know what he was trying to say to me. But the people that were with him said, he's wanting you to pray for him. And I just had to say, I can't. I'm too tired. I can't. I'm finished. Come and see me tomorrow, and we'll see what the Lord wants to do. That happened for four nights. I don't know why he waited till the end. But on the fifth night, before we had the fifth night, the Lord gave me a specific instruction on how he wanted me to minister that night. And he was one of the people that came up in the prayer line, and I was just moving fast down the line because my body was getting so tired spending time with each person. So he said, just move down the line quickly. That's all. And so I just moved down. I just saw him. I put my hands on him in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, praying for people. And I come up back onto the stage, and the pastors start shouting from down there. And they say, he's hearing, he's hearing, he's hearing. And he was looking around for the first time in his life, he was hearing sounds. Can you imagine what that must have been like? He almost looked bewildered. But you know, within a year he was talking, he had learned how to speak, and he had a job, something that he, he couldn't get before. And this is what the gifts of the Holy Spirit do. Let's have a look at another one. At the same crusade, this is a young boy, you can see him on the left there, and he was dumb. He was brought, he could not speak. And the Lord released his tongue. You can see them on the right picture. That's them standing on the stage. The mother's the one uh, speaking into the microphone. You can see her rejoicing and praising God. Joy was in that place. People were seeing that God is alive, that God is not dead, and that the gospel that we're preaching is the truth. Let's have a look at another one. 
This is in Shikari in May 2013. The man standing there was brought to the, the, the meeting holding a stick. He would hold a stick at one side, and his wife would hold the stick at the other side, and that's how he was led. And so he came into the meeting being led by his wife holding the stick. He was totally blind. He couldn't see anything. We ministered to him, and the Lord opened his eyes. He began to run around that tent. Literally, he was running around that tent. And he said to his wife, you used to cook for me, but now I'm going to cook for you. <laughs> and uh, he, left, he left the meeting without having to be led by his wife. And the community saw that God truly is alive. There's another one that I want to show you. This is also in Nika Growth Point at the same crusade. This woman had suffered a broken ankle in a car accident. She had gone to the doctors and they had done an operation and they'd done whatever they had done and her ankle had not healed properly. So it was almost like it was fused and it had tremendous pain. And doctors had basically said, we can do nothing more for you. So she comes in her crutches. The Lord touches her ankle. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he possibly can take an ankle that's just totally messed up and bring it complete freedom and release. But that's what he did. And so here she is on the stage. She was swinging those crutches around. I had to duck, otherwise she was going to hit me. The next one is an incredible miracle that happened in Sheredzi uh, in, in, in April 2014. This boy was 15 years old, and he comes um, to the crusade. And you, if you look at the left picture, you can see his legs from his knees down onto his feet were filled with oozing, pussy, open wounds. I mean, it was not, you didn't even want to look at it. It was so terrible. It looked absolutely terrible. And um, he had been suffering from this condition since he was eight years old. So that's seven years. He had been to doctors. The doctors had not been able to, do, to, to help him. They had not been able to solve the problem for him. He had missed two years of school as a result of these uh, this condition. He couldn't wear shoes. You see on the left picture, he's not wearing any shoes because it was too painful for him to wear shoes. And uh, when I looked at him, I just, my heart went out to the Lord. How can this, this young boy live like this? And uh, the Lord just released a gift of faith at that very moment, a gift of faith. And I just said to the, to the whole crusade, I said, you will see what God's going to do here. God's going to heal this man. I didn't pray for him. I didn't lay hands on him. There was just a supernatural faith that was released into my heart for that to happen. And I just literally spoke what I believed. A few days later, he, he comes up, and there he is on the right. A few days later, still during the same crusade, those wounds that you see on the left, every single one of them cleaned, whole. The only thing that remained were all the scars. You can see all the scars still there. And he's now wearing shoes. And he came up onto that stage, and his smile was from about here to here. You see, this is, this is a revelation of God's love to a person like that. How can his life ever be the same again? When he has seen the power and the love of God being demonstrated right towards him as an individual. Isn't that wonderful? The, the last one I want to show you is a woman. This is in Wedzer in October 2014. The woman comes, she's brought in a wheelbarrow because she, could, she couldn't walk. Uh, her legs were, were, were not totally paralyzed, but they were, they, she didn't have use of them. So they bring her in the wheelbarrow. They didn't have a wheelchair for her. 
I tell you, God loves the poor. And uh, God did something in her life. On the, on, the, on the picture on the right, you can see her standing there. She left the crusade walking with her friend or relative pushing that wheelbarrow. This is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is what the gifts of the Holy Spirit can produce. And this is what I believe God wants to see. Not necessarily the gifts of healing like I'm showing you. The gifts of healing is what God allows to flow through my life regularly. It doesn't mean I can heal anybody and everybody at any time I want. No, not at all. But what it is, is that it, God seems to use me in that way because of the purpose and the role he's given me in the body of Christ. For you, it might be something different. And that's what you should just be happy to work with. Because whatever God wants to use you to do is what he will empower you to do. Um, let's move on and just finish this now. Um, I want to just ask one more question. What must we do in order to have the gifts functioning more powerfully and regularly in our lives? Now, I know that uh, Craig got into something on this last week, and, and I actually will just bring that point up, and then I'm going to point you to go and listen to what he said. But let's just have a look at this. The first one is we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, just as Ian has been teaching last year, he did two sessions on it, is the doorway into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon 120 disciples in that upper room. The moment the Holy Spirit came upon them, the gifts of the Holy Spirit operated. And what do we see them doing? We see them speaking in languages they had never learned, and God, through those languages, reached an entire city. The, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, just as Ian was teaching it, is the doorway into the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. And so we need to seek God for that if we do not have it. God is not a respecter of persons. God wants every single one of us to be filled with the Spirit right up to here and overflowing so that rivers of living water will flow from our bellies to a lost and dying world. The second thing, we must pursue love. And Craig was talking about that this morning as he was sharing before I came up here. Love is the motivating force that brings and produces the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus would look upon people and he would have compassion for them. And whenever you see that it's saying he has compassion for somebody, what do you see next? You see a gift of the Holy Spirit beginning to work. We need to be filled with the love of God. I, I constantly pray, Lord, fill me with your love. Let your love overflow from me, your love for people. So that we do not just walk past people without seeing the people. That when we're in the supermarket and we're at the, or we come up to the till, we don't just see a teller. But we see somebody for whom Jesus died. We see somebody whom Jesus loves. And when that love fills our hearts and it's overflowing and it is motivating us and it's moving us, the gifts of the Holy Spirit follow behind. That's the way God has designed it to be. The next one is we must eagerly desire the gifts. We must eagerly desire the gifts. God does not give his gifts to people that don't really want them. He doesn't give these things. These are sacred things. He doesn't just give them to us without us being serious and about us, without us desiring these things. There's got to be an eager desire in our hearts for God to use us. 
And I want to encourage every single one of us here today that we seek after the Lord because God is wanting to do something through your life, through my life, that he hasn't done before. You know, sometimes we live our lives thinking that we've seen everything of God. We haven't. The, the people buy a telescope and they look at the stars and they see certain stars. Then they build a bigger telescope, they see more stars. Then they put the Hubble telescope up there and they find there's even more. And they're constantly finding there's more. That's how God is. We do not know the fullness of God. We, we're just touching, just a glimpse of who He is, just a glimpse of what He can do. And so I want to encourage you, we need to become hungry and thirsty for the things of the Spirit, for God to be able to use us wherever we go, whatever situation that we are in. God can use us in the supermarkets. He can use us at our schools. He can use us in our workplaces. He can use us while we're on holiday. Gail said to me, I can see there's, no, there's never going to be a normal holiday for us. And I say, let it be. Because we are the body of Christ. We are the hands, we are the feet, we are the mouth of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying nation, to a nation that needs the healing power of Jesus, that needs to know that the gospel that has been preached is the truth. It's not a myth, it's not a lie. So let's eagerly desire the gifts. Number four, we need to learn all we can about them. And this is very important. We read in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul starts out and he says, I do not want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. But you know that most of the church is very ignorant about spiritual gifts. We need to do everything we can to learn about these gifts. What do they look like? How do they function? How do I ready myself? How do I know um, when a gift is being given, being released to me? You see, these are things that we need to study and seek after. And if we earnestly and eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then we need to follow that up with learning whatever we can about how the gifts of the Spirit operate and what they really are. And this is what this whole series is about. It's a, it's a beginning point for it. Number five, and this is what Craig ministered on last week, and I would encourage you. I don't know whether it's been able to be uploaded onto the website with all the problems that we've had, but... Uh, if you can download that podcast or get it some other way and listen to what Craig was ministering on this particular point. It says we need to be available, number one, available and sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and step out in faith whenever he prompts us. Okay, so we're living available and we want to be sensitive and then we want to step out in faith, in obedience, whenever he prompts us. That's what releases the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It takes faith. Every single one of these things operates by faith. And so I, I pray today that God would stir your hearts to realize that there is more. There is more to Christianity than just coming and sitting in a church every Sunday and listening to a preacher like me mouthing it off and then going and having a cup of coffee. There is more to Christianity than that. God has a plan and he has a purpose for every single one of our lives. And that purpose includes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't exclude them. God doesn't want us to serve him just with our own natural abilities. And obviously, we need to use those. 
but he wants to take it a step further and empower our natural abilities with his supernatural ability. And so I want to just pray for us today. I want to pray that God would stir something in our spirits towards what he wants to do in our lives, in this church, in this nation. So would you mind just standing and we're going to pray together right now. Let's just lift our hands towards heaven. Father, we thank you that you are a mighty, mighty God. We thank you, Father, that you have chosen us, not because of anything we've done, but because of your grace and your purpose to be a part of your holy and sacred work in this earth. Father, we realize that we cannot do this just by our own strength and wisdom. Thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for pouring out your Holy Spirit upon us. And we pray that there would be an outpouring of your Spirit, not just upon us as a church, but upon this whole nation. We pray, Father, that there would be a move of God in this nation that we have never in the history of this nation seen before. We are praying, Father, for supernatural endowment by your Spirit to come upon your church in this nation. Father, we pray that you would help each and every one of us. We do not want to miss out. And so, Father, open our hearts today. Take away fear today. Take away doubt from our hearts and our lives. Father, fill our hearts with faith. Fill our hearts with love. Fill our hearts with your spirit, the very spirit of your Son. Fill our hearts, Father, till overflowing. Lord, we pray that you would help us that you would use us as you have purposed, as you have appointed, each of us in our own places, each of us, Father, walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit, empowered by Him. Father, we ask this today. I pray, Father, let no one leave this building today without a desire to have more of you, to see more of you, to know more of you, and even to experience more of you in their lives. Father, I pray that you would help us to see that if we don't, if we don't go, who will? And so, Father, we offer ourselves to you today, living sacrifices. We offer our bodies to you, living sacrifices, holy, pleasing, and acceptable to you, Father. This is our spiritual service, and we thank you for it. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you.